like to grab a Bible at the end of your pew and pass them along? We are, I've kind of, I've, I've called this talk How to Be Happy. Um, and you're probably thinking, why are we in Philippians? Um, Have they just picked this randomly? Well, the Church of England last week, this was the reading for the fourth Sunday of Advent. So I thought this is a perfect reading to kind of kind of combine together Advent with Christmas with we're starting a new year all in one sermon so I think that's what we're going to go for so so Philippians chapter 4 you can find it on page 1180 1180 now Philippians this is a, a guy called Paul he's writing Philippians and he's writing to this church this group of people that he loves he loves them really dearly right and the, one of the problems is, is they're being persecuted, right? So they're suffering, they're afraid, they're not sure what's going on. And to make matters worse, Paul himself is in prison, okay? So Paul's in prison, he's suffering. The church he's writing to, they're suffering, they're being persecuted. And he's writing into that situation. So what he's about to say is, that's the context, Okay, so here we go. So it's Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, and you can find it on page 1180. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, what I'm going to try and do is I'm going to piece together a sentence to try and help us all remember. Either it'll be rubbish and you'll forget, or it'll be amazing and you'll get it tattooed on your arm. So both those are the kind of two extremes, and I'm hopefully going to land somewhere left of the middle. Okay, so here we go. So the first point is this. Live a life of joy, okay? To be happy. Live a life of joy. Look with me down. The reason we've got the Bibles open is so that you can go, oh, he's not making it up. It's like, oh yeah, that is what it says. That is so interesting. Right, so verse 4 says this. Rejoice in the Lord always. And then he's going to double up. I say it again. Rejoice. Paul wants us to rejoice. Now, this is the key. Rejoice in what? Because it'd be very easy for me to say to you, oh, rejoice that... You, you know, we're in that kind of Christmas, New Year period where no one's quite sure what's going on. Rejoice now or rejoice in the festivities. Rejoice in what? Because that's the key. 2019, no, no one knows what's going to happen. So what are we meant to rejoice in? Have a look with me. Verse 4, he says rejoice and then three words. Rejoice in the Lord. Our circumstances, our environments, our family situations, these are things sometimes that are not, we can't give rejoice about. The Philippians on the surface and in their circumstance, they they didn't have much to rejoice about. Paul is in a hole chained. He's got nothing to rejoice about. And yet he says, rejoice. I'm in chains for the gospel. Rejoice in the Lord. No matter what I'm facing, nevertheless, I will rejoice in the Lord. My context, my circumstance, the anxiety, the sickness, whatever it is, there is a defiant, nevertheless, I will rejoice. And the problem is, if we don't have that mindset, we get stuck in where we find ourselves. 
Because if we miss in the Lord, we can't rejoice in certain situations. Rejoice in the Lord. And what that means is we, we, we look to him. So we look to his humility and his power and his love and his glory and his majesty and his wonder. And there are times when none of that seems to be able to, we can't rejoice in any of that. And if that's the case, then you get your cross and you say, thank you. Thank you for dying for me. Even if we can't see anything else, we know what he has done for you and for me. And so we rejoice in the Lord. You and I can only live a life of joy if we are constantly rejoicing in something worthy of our joy. And our circumstances, they are not often anything to write home about anything to rejoice about so we live a life of joy by rejoicing in what the lord has done and who he is so we live a life of joy in what the lord has done the next question is is that sustainable it's all that where you know that kind of warm fluffy feeling live a life of joy like go on live a life of joy and then actually we go out there and then we face reality and it's like well i've got nothing Have a look. How does Paul combat that question? Have a look with me. Verse 5. He's just done his rejoice, doubled up rejoice. Verse 5. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. The Lord is here, near. Now what he's talking about here is not saying the Lord is literally near. He's saying at some point Christ is going to return. Now, we can all agree that creation, the world, had a start point. Like, it didn't just start out of nothing. It started somehow in some way. And the Christian believes that at some point, Christ is going to come and he's going to usher in a new world. And humanity will change. And we will be in heaven. We will see God and we will see Christ and we will know him forever. Every tear will be wiped away and eternity will begin. Perfection paradise as it was meant to be and that's what he's saying the lord is near at some point that is going to happen could happen next day could it happen tomorrow it could happen in twenty thousand years but at some point eternity will begin now why is that important why do we need to keep that in our that massive moment in humanity's existence why does that matter well If you have that lens, then you can sustainably have joy because today is not eternal. Today is not eternal. You see, if your circumstance, if your situation is eternal, if what you're going through right now is eternal, then of course you can't have any joy. The problem is Christians in the church, we've believed a lie that we've been told. Right? The lie's gone something like this. There's no God, so chill out. Yeah? But that's the lie, right? Yeah. There's no God, so chill out. And the Christians have all gone around going, oh, uh, uh, but I'm so worried about everything. Let's take that view that, you know, God's dead, chill out, to its logical conclusion, right? If this is the only life you've got, if this is it, think of the pressure on your days, on the weeks, on the years that you have. If you have a bad year, if you, if you get dealt a bad hand, well, that's it, isn't it? 
You know that song. Things can only get better. That's why I don't sing. <clears throat> but you know the song, right? That, that was my joke of the sermon, right? You know the song, right? The only people that can actually say those words are Christians. The, the line should go, things can only be perfect. What, but one day, eternity will be ushered in and perfection will arrive. The problem is we've gone kind of like everything now is eternal. It's not this is temporal. This is temporal. And one day eternity will begin. And that's how we can have joy. That's how we can have total joy. Now, look, I'm not saying awful situations and awful circumstances don't happen. I'm not saying we don't go through extreme seasons of stress and fear and worry and anxiety. But the problem is to live in these moments without any consideration that the Lord is near means this is as good as it gets. So we live a life of joy in what the Lord has done. Because the Lord is near. We keep an eternal perspective. Live a life of joy because the Lord is near. So finally, live a life of joy because the Lord is near. Therefore, walk in God's peace. Now for some of us, we've had um, difficult Weeks. Some of us had really great years. But some of us had really difficult times. And I, I understand that when we're about to read verse 6, if we're going through a difficult time, this can be like, ah. Okay, I'm just highlighting that I know that that is the case. But have a look at me at what he now says about verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about anything. Paul's writing from prison. And the way he's writing here, he's writing as if it's in the present reality. It's the thing that we're meant to be doing habitually. Do not be anxious about anything. Do not, as in in every situation, do not be anxious. Now that is a weird way of thinking about it. Okay, because I think habitually we all stress to one degree or another. Right, you've got the kind of extreme, well, you've got people that get stressed over every little detail. And then you've got big game stress people. I'm a big game stress person, okay? So most of the time, I'm pretty chilled, okay? But when I get stressed, I get stressed, right? My mind is fine. It always ticks along really well. It's my body, right? I know I'm stressed because I come out in this weird rash. I get constipated and I just, and no, but let's be honest, right? Okay, but stress has its effects. Anxiety has its effects. I become a worse husband and a worse father. There are stress things and I know that I'm anxious. And what he's saying is, don't do that. Because everyone has an opinion on how to deal with your stress and anxiety, right? Everyone has an opinion. And he's saying, don't even do it. Don't even try and deal with it. He's saying, don't do it. So how do we do that? How do we not even get into that? Like, how do we do it? Have a look at me at verse 6. We're all going to know the answer. Like, if you've been around church for a little while, you know what's coming, but let's read it anyway. Okay, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but 
In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Prayer. We pray in every situation. We bring our situations to God. We present our requests to God. We bring our anxious circumstances, our complex families, our difficult circumstances, and we are able to ask him. We petition, we petition him to change the situation. Now, this is not what I'm saying, okay? I'm not saying God doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't go, oh my goodness, I didn't know, okay? It's deeper than that. This is about us. We're bringing before God everything, which in turn shows us the dependence we have on God. We take our prayers to God. We move ourselves out of anxiousness and move to God. And therefore, we petition change. Now, before you then go, well, that just sounds like I petition it and he does it. That's what's called idolatry. You ready? And this is how we know. Have a look with me. It says this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Now, the fact that with thanksgiving is there shows us a number of things. But the main thing is this. We're not just coming to him with our list. God's not a barista that we've made up in our minds. It's like, I want two flat whites, a pan of sugar, and a croissant, and make it quick because I'm on a run. We're coming to him with thanksgiving. And if you remove thanksgiving, you're left with idolatry. The God that we've created, who's going to create for you this perfect world. No, the thing is, and it's the same that we said at the beginning, this is about God. We come with our prayers, with our anxiousness, to God with thanksgiving because it's about coming to him with the right mindset. I'll give you an example. My son, he's four, and he was given a rubbish. To be fair, it was a rubbish present, but he was given a present. He didn't like it. It was rubbish. Now, he comes to me, and this, you know, he did it in public, and then we kind of moved it away. But the point is this. So we're talking about this. I'm trying to teach him a little bit, you know, just, you know, you know, we, you know, we bring these things before God and, you know, this is for him the big thing. And, and so we're trying to, I'm trying to, you know, you know, you're just trying to, I don't know how parenting is going to work out. Ask me in 15 years, but I'm trying to do my best. So I'm saying to him, right, we're going to, pr- we're going to bring this before God. We're going to pray to God. But before we pray about this major thing that's going on in your life, why don't we thank God for all that he's done for us? before we bring before him the awful present that you've been given. Now, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of minor, I understand. But isn't it true, isn't it that we come to him with do this, do this, do this, change this, change this? And all that is is just the God of our imagination. It's just, oh, rather than saying, thank you for the world you've created. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for coming in the stable. Christmas was awful this year. Thank you at least for coming. And it's that mindset. It's the change of mindset. And then what happens? We talked about, I was honest, but we talked about the effects of anxiety, right? What is the effect of prayer? Have a look with me. Verse 6, right? So this is, this is what God asked, Paul's saying we should do. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Verse 7. And... The peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ 
Jesus. As we move out of our situations and our anxieties and our circumstance and we bring them before God with thanksgiving, there is a peace that passes all understanding. And that can only come from God. Have you ever thought about it like this? One of the main reasons we get stressed and we get anxious is because we just don't know the future. We have to make decisions. We have to think through things. God, on the hand, was the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He was, and he is, and he will be. That means he knows everything. That's why we call him God. And therefore, he's not, he's not anxious about anything. And so when we receive his peace, when we know his peace, and this is not some kind of fluffy feeling, it's something that guards our hearts, that we can trust God because we've come to him with thanksgiving. If you come to him with a list, right? You come to him with a list and you don't get what you want, of course you're not going to have any peace. If you come to him with what you want, with thanksgiving, then you know you can trust him. And therefore his peace guards your heart. That's how we know. This is how we know God's peace is greater than any good plan. Because God's peace is perfect. Anxiety is developed and comes about by uncertainty. Well, God doesn't have uncertainty. He knows everything. That's the peace we want. And we get it by coming to him. Let's be honest. Who does that? I get stressed. Glass of red. Bath with salts. Come on. Oh, I, need, you know, I need to speak to so-and-so. You know, depending on what the situation is, you know, speak to this person and this person. Speak to my wife. The f- and that's why he's saying habitually don't be anxious. Because I think our nature is not to go to God. That's what I think the issue is. That's why he spells it out. That's why Paul is taking such a big thing. Because habitually and in our nature, we will do anything else. What's the big problem at the moment, right? Let's just, let's just go off piece. But what's the big problem at the moment, right? Social media, everyone's talking about it. Dopamine, and you get your little hit, and da da da. Why? Why? Because a habitual in our nature is to go to anything else but God. Now, live a life of joy because the Lord is near, therefore walk in God's peace. Let's very quickly talk about 2019. Okay? No one knows what's on the cards. Each and every one of us, this is going to look totally different. If anyone, don't, the worst thing people can say at this time of year is fresh start. It's a fresh start. It's not a fresh start. Do you know what I mean? I need to do exercise and I need a diet and I need to lose some weight, right? Fresh start would be 10 stone. I'm not, I'm 14.4, right? You know, people are like, oh, fresh start, fresh start. You know, tomorrow when I walk into the office, I'm not going, oh, fresh start. Do you know what I mean? I've got the list as long as my arm. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> when you go back to work, you haven't got, oh, fresh start, you know? It's not like tomorrow night at midnight, my children are going to disappear. <laughs> You know, that, that, that argument that's been under the surface with my wife over the last couple of months, it's not like it just goes, is it? You know, all, all the past hurts that you've had this year in dating and trying to work that out, it's not like, oh, so, oh, suddenly it didn't happen. Fresh start. 
So the problem is, right, the problem is there is no fresh start. Let's just, let's just call it what it is, right? So there's no fresh start. So then what do we do? What do we do? We have to change. We have to work at this. I'm carrying baggage from 2018. You're carrying baggage from 2018. We're just all trying to stay upright. Okay, that's all we're just trying to... Being happy and being content, what is the key? What is the key? Because we, we then might, this might be the best year ever. This might be the worst year ever. So what is the key to being like, I'm going to be happy and I'm going to be content throughout this whole year, no matter what comes my way? We live a life of joy in what the Lord has done. Because the Lord is near. We're keeping this eternal perspective. We therefore walk in God's peace by bringing everything before God in prayer. With thanksgiving, not just some kind of God that we've made up in our minds. I think it's interesting as well when we... It's very hard, isn't it? Because sometimes, I made the joke about the fresh start, but it sometimes would be nice to have a fresh start with God. And actually, sometimes it's like, you know, we can feel heavy towards God in our relationship. We can almost feel burdened, like there's been a constant, we've felt constantly let down again and again and again. And now you've had to sit through another kind of like, oh, just lift yourself up and pray. And like flip, heard it. Or maybe you're, it was interesting just talking to some people about age and, and, and at different stages of life. And sometimes we can desperately want that fresh start. I wish I'd done things, I wish I'd done things differently or I wish that I could be fresh. Or and, and actually you just go, right, what has God got for me? What's he speaking to now with the maturity and the wisdom and the influence that I have now, what, what is he saying now, rather than kind of, I don't know. I just want to say that if, if, that, if the first one is you in any way, don't, don't leave without praying with someone. I genuinely don't believe God is a monster. I don't believe he's up there wanting to make life horrid and difficult for you and take you through the mud of life. I think he's a God who saw that there is mud and saw there is difficulty and came down in amongst that. And he says, I love you. That's what we've just, we've just celebrated, haven't we? In the filth and the muck is a baby born. Emmanuel, God with us. So live a life of joy because the Lord is near. Therefore, walk in God's peace. Can I invite you to stand? We're going to pray. And uh, then we're going we're to sing. <clears throat> as a response. If I've said anything that's resonated, if I've said anything that you've hated as well, do come and talk to me. Um, but if anyone's here gone, do you know what? I would, I would regret not having someone pray for me can be for anything the year that's just gone the year ahead the idea of god 
not being loving or caring or kind. That's you. During the, during the music, there's no ministry. We were all pretty relaxed. But come on up and I'll get someone to pray for you. We'd love to pray for you. Anyone that wants to be prayed for, if that's you. Um, doesn't have to, we're not going to do anything weird. I'm just going to pray for all of us. Heavenly Father, I, I thank you that you are a God who is worthy of our affection and our praise. And that you are faithful. And you have shown your faithfulness through your creation. Through a baby born in a stable. And ultimately you have shown your faithfulness and love by your son nailed to a tree. And I pray as each of us grapple with that. Help us Lord. We thank you that you are the God of redemption. You are the God of cleansing. You are the God of healing, wholeness. You are the God of restoration. And we thank you you don't work by years. So I ask that our hearts and minds will be open. Would you be with us and protect us? Amen.